0: It lingers when we're done. You'll believe that is the yeah. one.
1: Yeah, that's that's literally it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we need to tell a story one day about how we butchered like an airplane. <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> I feel like now is the moment.
0: Where is that video? Didn't you say Alex has it? I so have that video. I have it. It's <laughs> oh, so shit. bad. It's so bad. Oh, my God.
1: Um, if you can't tell, me and Brooke can't sing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was a time, I think it was Teresa's bachelorette party, actually, and we were like 10 out of 10 drunk. We were like, we need some karaoke. Like, we need to sing some karaoke. So we went to this bar called Sing It or Wing It. It's like literally wings and karaoke. And we caught up on stage and we decided to sing Dangerous Woman and we were <laughs> First
1: of all, the fact that in our minds we thought we could <laughs> legit hit an Ariana Grande song because like we are both clearly Altos. Like we are tone not tone deaf and <laughs> tone deaf. Like we are in no way, shape, or form. And like what pisses me off of these <laughs> it's so embarrassing, right? <laughs> so embarrassing. These bitches across from the table were like hyping us up the whole time. I was like, you guys- no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> no, it was so bad. Okay, so here's what happened since Brooke doesn't remember. <laughs> these bitches Pretty across cool. the table from us, because me and Brooke, like, we're wilding out. We're, like, supporting everyone, like, the good people we are, even if they're bad. And these bitches across from us are like, you guys should go up there, like, oh, my God, just, like, get up there. It'll be Fun and I mean we're like our music tastes are completely different. So the only song that we came to conclusion on was Dangerous Woman by Ariana Grande. Completely like like we can't do it. It just was the only song we both knew. <laughs> so we get up
0: on the stage. <laughs> we don't even make it. Three lines. And then from then on out until the song ends. All we sing is the chorus. Be <laughs> serious. I don't even remember.
1: It's so bad. We were just like the dangerous woman part. Something about you. And then every single time, it be, we'd be like, makes it, it dangerous, dangerous woman. It was so bad. And like during the parts we didn't know, we'd be like, <laughs> we literally just kept singing over and over again, something about you. (laughs) We were the backup dancers. We were (laughs) playing ourselves. (laughs) And we would go, I don't want to (laughs) be... I don't want to be that. That's what we said. It was so bad that when we, like, those girls literally, like, got up and left. (laughs) 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 Fucking bitches. They are bullies as fuck. They got up and left. The bartender, literally, like when we got off the stage, he was like, Do you ladies have a ride home? Like, are you guys okay?
0: I think my mind is just like blacked out. It's like, "Mm." No, I'm traumatized.
1: It's honestly (laughs) the fact that those girls, though, they like literally made fun of us while we were up on stage. You know what? Fuck (laughs) y'all. If you're listening, (laughs) fuck y'all. Which you aren't, (laughs) but fuck you. (laughs) We only support women no matter how bad they sing. Women support women. Exactly.
0: Fucking bitch.
1: Welcome back to the Booked and Boozy podcast. It is your co-host Jada. And Brooke. And we are so excited today because we are going to be finally hitting up Serpent and Dove, which if you don't know, I am a super fan of this book series. It's so good. Like I I knew
0: it was going to be good, but it blew my expectations. So I'm really excited to talk about it.
1: We're going to start off, like always, with what we're drinking. So Brooke, what are you drinking today?
0: I am drinking... It's called Winking Owl Chardonnay. It's Aldi brand, and um, it's three ninety nine. No, it's two ninety nine. Actually, sure. two dollars. You know, I'm a big fan. I've been drinking this for a couple of years.
1: What I'm gonna you? have to. I'm gonna have to look that up the next time I'm at Aldi. Ooh. I am drinking um, pink Moscato, like last time. I have to work the next day guys so I'm like trying not to go super hard however I have like this huge like coffee cup thing that I just literally poured wine and I was like it's fine it's probably like half or like more of the bottle but I'll be okay we're in a different time zone so I'm starting off early so we'll just we'll get through it together (laughs) so I have the first poll And we asked on our Instagram page if everyone was excited to either move on or if you were going to miss the Avatar series that we just covered. 60% of you (laughs) said (laughs) you were going to miss Avatar, and 40% said excited to move on.
0: (laughs) Big oof. I hope you guys are still here.
1: (laughs) If we have lost a fallen soldier, I am depressed.
0: <laughs> listen. Imagine like all of like our followers, like half of them being the Illyrians in the sky, in the cauldron <laughs> <laughs> and go like, <laughs> literally,
1: they got blasted. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're like, see ya.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but okay, we listen. There's more out there than just the akatar series, and let me tell you, because a lot of the fandom. From what I've seen, Likes from Blood and Ash and A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire, that to me, in itself, that book series is way higher than Akatar.
0: There's a lot of hype and love surrounded around the Akatar series, but I have to say that there are some better books out there, and we are here to give you the tea and cover them. So, Jada looked up some pronunciations for us, and apparently I had been pronouncing a lot of the things in the book the wrong way. So I'm going to attempt this for you guys. This is not a surprise for us, by the way.
1: <laughs> if you're new here. Not.
0: <laughs> um, we asked the question, would you rather be a Dom Blanche or a Dom Rogue? And 46% of our Instagram audience said that they would rather be a Dom Blanche and 54% said they would rather be a Dom Rogue. What is your take on that, Jada?
1: I also, I pronounced it Rouge the entire fucking book. (laughs) (laughs) But I would rather. Is it Rogue or Rouge then? I don't fucking
0: know. God damn it. I did it like Rogue, like Rogue One. I assume that's how you would have done it too.
1: (laughs) Well, it was like, oh, like when it was first starting out in the book, it was like this whole French thing. And I was like, so in the French, I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, Rouge. You were right. Oh, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a fucking first. <laughs> yeah, I pronounced it Rouge because I was like... But yeah, I would want to be a Dom Rouge. I love Coco's character. And also, I wouldn't want to be fucking Sacrifice. So I think <laughs> I'm going to go with them. <laughs> what about you? You know,
0: I kind of sided with the Dom Blanche. What? Just because...
1: <laughs> blood magic freaks me the fuck out, okay? Like, that is too close... <laughs> You're going to hate my notes because I was like, oh my God, this is so cool.
0: (laughs) That is like getting a little too deep into witchcraft for me. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) And like, also I'm like, I am the type of nurse that like, I love to stick. Like I will stick people all day long, but like, don't fucking get needles towards me. Like, I don't want to be slicing open my arm all day long just to perform some magic. Like I would rather see some patterns and maybe like it's shit. Having to, like, make a choice, because there always has to be a balance with the Blanches. And that's shitty, but, like, ah, the the blood, the blood freaks me out. And I'm a nurse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think power-wise, I'm, like, split half and half on what I would want. The downside of the dumb Rouges is, like, I would not want, like, all those scars. But I think Coco, like, wears them, like, super proud, which is, like, really cool, like, for her character character. I agree. And I feel like we didn't
0: really tap into the Dom. I feel like we didn't tap into the Dom Rouges very much in the first book, but I've heard it's a very strong, I've heard it's a very strong, strongly plot based for the Dom Rouges in the
1: second book. So I'm excited. Well, I would hope so because it's blood and honey. So Right? <laughs> also, I just want to let everyone know that normally we read all the books in the series before we start like conversing on something. However, I have been scared to read Blood and Honey because of the reviews. So we're coming in blind with this episode. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Jada, tell us a little bit about the author. So I'm
0: obsessed
1: with the author. Like, I really like if she ever listens to this, hopefully she's think I'm so cringy. Like about to like talk about <laughs> her right now. <laughs> but her Instagram is literally Shelby Mahuran. And she has like this amazing goth witch vibe like on her Instagram feed. I live for it. I'm obsessed with her. She's an indie best-selling author that hit the New York Times list. And this is the first series that she put out. Wow. Which I thought was really fucking cool. The first time this series was out though, it was actually on Wattpad. So she's a girl after my own fucking heart. Oh, that's really interesting. Apparently, like, the story was, like, a little bit different when it was on Wattpad, and she, like, adapted it a little bit differently, but still pretty fucking cool. And she is also an Office mega fan. Oh, cool. All right. All right. I, I really like the Wattpad thing. I know, right? I like a lot of authors get their start there, and it's such a good outlet, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, only... Two books are out in the trilogy, and the third one is going to be coming out in 2021, so I'm super excited. Yeah, me too.
0: All right, let's fucking do this. (laughs) (laughs) We should also forewarn you that we were very hopeful that we could do this entire book in one episode. And Which is bullshit. We we're <laughs> gravely mistaken. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, Judy, you just do the first half and I'll do the second half. It'll be fine. And yeah, that's not how it's going to work out. Um, she does have the first half and I have the second half, but that's... We're kind of going to get a whole episode to ourselves for each of us. So it's going to be a little bit different than normal. We are learning from this. It's not going to happen again, but... <laughs> that's how this episode's gonna go so
1: (laughs) here we go lord fucking help me because i'm the worst at doing like the beginning of the book and setting the stage (laughs) okay so serpent and dove i don't know about you guys but when i first started reading this book i was like wow this is going really fast like the girl was not playing when it came to the story building and the world building. And it was just like a breath of fresh fresh air. I will say like, first off, I was hooked immediately, like from the very first line, which is there's something haunting about a body touched by magic, which I like got chills immediately. And I was like, okay, this is the book for me. And I finished (laughs) it all in one night. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) First, we meet our main characters at the Bell Rose, AKA the Ho house. I would probably be there. We have, <laughs> <laughs> we have Lou, our main character, who is a Dame Blanche, which I pronounced the entire book, Dame Blanc, but whatevs. We have also have
0: <laughs> <babe, Blanche. laughs>
1: <laughs> We classy. Yes. Okay. And then we have Coco, the ultimate side chick and one of my favorite characters. And we also have Madame LaBelle, who is the whorehouse boss up in here. We have Babette, which her in the beginning, like her being introduced in the story, I was like, okay, like who the hell is these? But she makes <laughs> more sense later on. Um, I was literally, when I heard like the
0: name Babette, I was like drawn back to Gilmore Girls. (laughs)
1: Yes. That's how I kind of imagined her too. But Babette is this sort of inconspicuous woman who has made a deal with Lou and Coco. And they're interested in this guy named Tremblay. I hope that's right. And he has some ring that like we literally know nothing about that they are like really interested in. Babette kind of haggles them a little bit, but she eventually takes them back through this like peephole thing where Madame LaBelle is like getting her fucking freak on, you know, in the (laughs) bag, who is also haggling Tremblay at the same time. And it kind of confirms to them that like, he one does in fact have the ring. And two, Madame LaBelle kind of like, makes sure that they know exactly where he put it which i thought was like i was a hold up as the reader i was like okay what's going on Mm -hmm. so they're like okay we gotta bounce we know where it is we're gonna go get this ring so they meet up with another character that is introduced bass which i fucking hate him he just annoyed the shit out of me the whole time um (laughs) it's loose side hole side (laughs) hole (laughs)
0: Hole! (laughs) what is this anatomy?
1: Well, it wouldn't put it past me. (laughs) Um, Bassus lose side hoe and stealing accomplice. She convinces him to be a part of this little plan to intercept the ring before anyone else does. We then go off into this side story. (laughs) Rook. Yeah. i so sorry, I'm still laughing about side hole. <laughs> That's how you know I'm drunk. I start like...
0: <laughs>
1: oh, that was awesome. <laughs> not it. Oh, shit. We then get introduced before they actually head over to the Tremblay's house, um, to the Chessers, which my attention was like on guard. I was like, who is this, honey? I was like, oh, shit. They are sworn huntsmen to the church and hate witches. And they like came in um, during like Bass and Lou and Coco's like little meeting. And so Coco was like, girl, we got to go. We got to bounce. The Chesters are here. We got to go. But Lou, the I don't even know how to describe her she is just she's a bitch who does whatever the hell she wants which is like a girl after my own heart she was like i gotta pick some pockets i gotta make some coin boo and then i'll be there she tries to get out of their little meeting place and there was like this big oaf standing in the doorway which we come to find out is actually reed and i love him <laughs> She tried to squeeze past him, but he legit elbowed her straight up in the nose. And she was like, bitch, what the fuck? But literally she looked up at him and she was like, oh shit, it's a chaff. Hold up. Let me think about this. She's dressed as a man. Fun fact, which I had to like go back and read. Cause like I was imagining her as like a girl this whole time. And then she was like dressed as a man, I guess to like, I missed the part when they were in the, um the whole house or whatever about that. But Reed quickly recognizes that she's a woman, can't get nothing past her boy. And this is where I was like, okay, Lou's confidence runs balls deep. She like legit bits back at him and is like, okay, but like, have you ever worn a corset? Like you would want to dress like a man too. If you were me, please back off. (laughs) And he, (laughs) he was kind of taken aback from that, but, um, (laughs) he basically was like, okay, sorry. And they kind of like parted their ways a little bit. He eventually kind of like got more focused on what he was actually there for, which was a witch rampage, which they smelled prior to
0: The scent, the smell
1: thing. (laughs) Every fucking book we read, it's all about the smells. and It pisses (laughs) me off. Yeah, literally it was like she begins to feel and like smell the sensation of magic and like screaming began to rise. And then we go over into Reed's point of view, which I was really excited about this because normally I like to stick with one character's point of view and just really get to know them. But I love this book, despite the fact that it went back and forth. And I thought that this was like a really incredible choice by the author. I was
0: really annoyed in like the first few chapters that it started switching back and forth. And I was like, I just want to know from like Lou's perspective. Like I ended up really liking it. Like I surprised myself. It, it, I liked seeing both perspectives.
1: You're right. He did it so well. That's the whole thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I was here for it, which I normally am not. Outside, there was a parade for the king and queens of whatever fucking town this is. And the witches started to form a human shield around the king. So Reed is like, okay, bro, we are missing something. I'm going to climb on top of the roof and whatever. He sees Lou again, (laughs) which (laughs) I love this part of the book because she like puts up double fingers and flips him off and is like, bye, bitch. (laughs) Thought you would. I was like the audacity of her in a good way. Normally I'm like the audacity of this bitch in a bad way. But I was like, (laughs) damn, I fucking love her. He realizes that from his new vantage point that the witches are literally just distracting him. And so he goes down there and he meets this hag, which is like the witch leader who's trying to assassinate the king. And he puts a knife up to her throat And he feels like he has the upper hand, but really she starts laughing at his bitch ass and it turns into this beautiful woman, which not gonna lie. This was a weird part in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine like the hex girls on Scooby-Doo, but pregnant. That's what I thought she looked like. Same, but like. It was like they were both looking at each other with, like, his knife up. And it was like, are we about to kiss right now? Like, that was what it was like. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But Hex Girl bows out. And I was like, we're going to reclaim our homeland. And we're going to dance atop your ashes as you did our ancestors. And I was like, damn. Like, this is getting spicy already. And she was like, Bye. (laughs) <laughs> this is like chapter three and I'm like okay here we go <laughs> right imagine like me trying to make my notes I was like oh this is all important information <laughs> <laughs> we then meet the archbishop which I'm going to refer to as Archie from here on out but he <laughs> he's the leader of the Chester's and he tells him that the king is going to hold a ball in favor of Reed because he basically, like, stopped the witches or whatever, even though it was, like, this weird, like, are we about to kiss right now thing. And, like, (laughs) he's, like, super upset because he was, like, I kind of had, like, a minor boner with this hex girl and she was pregnant. Like, I don't even know. And that's kind of fucked, considering (laughs) the information we learn later. It's like, ooh, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Archie finally says, "Look, just confess your mind boner to the pope and we'll handle it. Like it's gonna be fine, bro. Like we might have to get you a wife later on because <laughs> we know you a horn dog. It's gonna be fine." Take a cold shower, Reed. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> like, damn. I'm like, this boy just wants to fuck, okay? Like, God. Like, <laughs> trying to get it in. Not <laughs> <stop> being mean. <laughs> it's normal. But Ansel, which we'll talk about later, comes in saying that a woman has reported that the witches will be over at the Tremblay's and Reed prepares and assembles a team which me as the reader I was like okay so like they're finally gonna like meet meet because like this is not a coincidence. We go back into Lou's perspective and we have Coco and Bass with her and they're heading towards the Tremblay's. This is where we find out that Coco is like I think she's cool as fuck. Brooke is like this creeps me out but like she literally ingested their blood or something like that and is able to tell, ingested, absorbed. I don't really know. But I don't know. The
0: blood magic thing makes me think like really dark magic and it scares me a little bit. So that's why I probably wouldn't want to be a Dom Raw.
1: What did you say? The Dom. We're going to refer from <laughs> now on as the Dom Raj <laughs> in this little garage. <laughs> So Coco with her blood magic is like, girl, you need to be careful. Something is up. I'm not a hundred percent, but something is going to happen. And she's like, okay, cool. Like wish you could see further into the future, but that's fine. When they reach the Tremblay's, they all kind of take their own little section of the house to basically get rid of everyone Um, and make sure that they like have a direct path to the ring. One thing I want to bring up is Lou is like completely repulsed when she uses her own magic. And I thought it was strange because we didn't know much about her at this point in time, but she like has suppressed her magic in order to hide from someone. So she is like doing everything she can when she uses her magic not to be like completely repulsed by it which I thought was like really interesting but yeah she uses this like siren voice and she like starts vomiting which I'm like okay like what the fuck else do you <laughs> expect in a fantasy book someone's always vomiting
0: <laughs> the last three books we've read have dealt with sense
1: and vomit <laughs> there's a theme here damn all right But Bass is like, bitch, come the fuck on. We gotta make it to the vault and secure the ring because the chassis are here. And so he was like, okay, like you witchy bitch, can you do like anything because we about to get caught. Uh, And she was like, no. Literally (laughs) within two seconds, Bass is like, okay, I'm a bounce. Good luck ho. Have a nice life. Peace out. (laughs) Okay. Peace out. Peace (laughs) out. This is, like, our new thing. I know. We go to Reed's perspective, and homeboy is up on the scene, like, yo, it's magic. I smell it. It's here. I'm like, okay, like, I'm scared right now. And also, uh, ew. Yeah, also, (laughs) uh, um, at least it's not, like, a sex bond. It's just magic, okay? (laughs) Lou's dumbass exposes herself through the window, and Reed, like, immediately remembers her And something that I thought that, like, just, like, breaks my little fucking heart is, like, he remembered what she smelled like, which was, like, vanilla and cinnamon, and I was, like, bitch!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, I bought a honey bun for tonight. Oh, fuck.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna eat it, but I bought one. Well, for blood and honey, we need to bring out the Cinnabons. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But I just think it's funny that he, like, automatically always refers to her as basically a cinnamon bun because he like does not recognize that she smells like a witch like at any point in time he's he's like right so he's like yeah there's no way this bitch is is a witch she smells like cinnamon which actually equates to love in his brain but he doesn't know it yet (laughs) so (laughs) bass got caught first thank god i was like that fucking little traitor he needs to be caught because he had the audacity, even at that point, to call out Lou's name and ask for help. I was like, bitch, you got caught. Be a man. Shut <laughs> up. Shut the fuck up. Reed saw her on the roof line and he was like, come down, you surrounded sis. But she legit saluted to him and was like, gots to go. Put He's- in that little ring. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Drink every time. (laughs) Drink every time we say peace out. Eight (laughs) (laughs) Taking a drink myself. Same. But she disappears on the roof, leaving them with their Venus fly traps open. So Lou, running like hell with the ring on, finds Coco in the woods. Because Coco like also found her. She like slit her wrist or something like that and used the magic to find her. Coco tells Lou that she was basically caught by some of the chassiers and that they know what she looks like and that she has to go on the run. Lou doesn't go with her because apparently there is some animosity between um, Coco's aunt, which is the main witch of the Dam rouges. And she's like, yo tribe, don't vibe with my tribe. So I'm dead either way. Just go save yourself, honey. I'll go to the theater. So that's, that's literally what happens. (laughs) Lou wakes up in her little theater attic. And like this chapter is like so much happened. Like legit. I was like, I can't keep up. So she heads down because she's got to go to the (laughs) Lou. Oh my God. I'm not oh my gosh. funny. I just like when I was like, you don't even re- realize like when I was doing my notes, I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> While heading down, she meets one of the actors because apparently they're all preparing for a show. And she was like, Girl, you look like shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you look beat up. And she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And so she, like, kind of evades her. And she comes out of the bathroom, and I'll be damned. Um, old Reboy is there. And she gives them the whole one, two step cock block and runs. And he. Like follows her backstage and like accidentally gropes her. Like there was this whole like titty moment, and then they <laughs> get entangled in fabric and fall onto the stage in front of everyone. And the crowd is like, "The tea is hot today, sis." <laughs> <laughs> and he was on top of her and like legit in panic. The arch comes in and assesses the situation and. Lou legit confesses like she was at the Tremblay's. She, she didn't confess that she was a witch, but she was like, my friend is a witch. And while all this is happening, the crowd is busting outside. They are angry. They want to know the tea, basically, which I was like, wow, I am so glad that they are fighting for this woman. Like, I was like, this was is fucking too. cool. Like I was like, this
0: to me is set in like an 1800s France right vibe kind of thing and i was like okay this is interesting i didn't expect this but i'm here
1: for it but um the arch was like homeboy's sex life is dry as the sahara desert like we might as well give him Lou, which was the arch bitches plan wow i didn't mean to say bitches but he is now (laughs) arch bitches (laughs) Oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, he was like, in air quotation marks, this is going to be mutually beneficial. And Reed was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. um, Lou legit gets sick from stress with everything happening and heaves on the arch. And he went to go and strike Lou. But this is where I was like, okay, I like Reed because he catches his hand and he is like, if this woman is to be my wife, you will not touch her again.
0: Honestly, and it,
1: it kind
0: of pisses me off with the knowledge that we learn later. Right? Like, geez. And we'll talk about it. But keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. But both Lou and Reed accept the marriage. And like I said, this author does not waste any time. We go in straight to the ceremony. We're getting <laughs> hitched in grandma's backyard, like types, type <laughs> shit. Okay. So the, <laughs> this part is so fucking funny. Okay. The arch appeases the crowd and not everyone believes it. The whole time Reed is like freaking out because he's thinking of, uh, I'm going to butcher her name. Is it Sally? I say silly. Silly. He's thinking of silly, his little foreplay buddy. And he's demolished because he loves her, kind of. But she, like, broke his heart. Um, the arch gives this whole wives obey their husbands bullshit. And, Ugh. yeah. Lou. <laughs> Homegirl legit. Like, this I'm like, what even happened? I had to read it several times, but, like, she makes him fart with her witch (laughs) power. I I, I I laughed (laughs) so goddamn hard. It wasn't even funny. (laughs) Read. Like, all of a sudden, the arch... This is so funny. Okay. The archbishop, like... You know, you know when someone's got the grumbly tumblies, like, they kind of pause for a second. <laughs> you get the, like,
0: oh, shit. Like, everything, like, lights on fire inside your body.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so the archbishop pauses, and Reed was like, <laughs> he was like, are you okay? Like, he bends down and it's like, are you okay? And all concerned, and then the archbishop... <laughs> Rips one in front of the crowd.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At this point, I was like, "Where is this story going?"
1: (laughs) And Archie was like, "Leave me, just leave me." (laughs) Honestly, ho, I've been there because, like, I probably have I (laughs) slash (laughs) lactose intolerant, and also I can't poop in public, so
0: (laughs) I have all of those. I relate
1: to all of them. I was dying. Lee <laughs> questions her magic. Then he's like, did this make you fart? <laughs> but he's like, "Ah, oh, she still smells like Cinnabon. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to stick with her
0: right now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's so funny (laughs) okay he smells better than him so i'm gonna
1: scoot this way (laughs) i don't care if she's a witch or not at this point (laughs) oh god so after that very awkward event they head to the wedding which is like out in the middle of nowhere in the stream and uh reed boy is in for a treat because he learns right then and there His wife is a spitfire. She's got enemies and she doesn't give two fucks. And he's like, okay, I don't really know what I'm in for, but here I am. We meet Jean Locke, which I don't like him. I don't even want to talk about him that much, but he was there. The arch has to baptize Lou prior because she was like, bitch, I've never been baptized. And he holds her down under the water and even read and jean locke was like okay like is she about to die sir like can you let her come up for air reed describes when she actually comes out of water like that she was a hissing cat ready to fuck shit up and he was like i'm legit about to marry a wild animal which i was like yes they go to say their vows lou gives a fake last name and the arch was like it will not be legal if you do that. And she was like, it is my last name, which we all know it's not. And then at the very end of their very short ceremony, the arch was like, y'all gotta fuck or it ain't legal. And Lou froze, flushed And he legit was like, I will send a witness to consum- make sure the marriage was const- constipated. <laughs> <laughs> Consummated. All right part two i think they used to do that in
0: like old like really really olden times like sixteen, seventeen hundreds. 1700s like they used to have like people actually watch people have sex just to make sure it was like legal
1: right but i only know if like did you watch that part in um rain rain yeah but that was-, was some <laughs> fuck shit right there i know <laughs> <laughs> i hated it
0: same i was like but didn't she, like, already have sex prior to all that? Um, I'm thinking of, like, the very first few episodes. Hmm. Is that not what you're thinking of?
1: Well, like, they go into this box and, like, they're, like, banging in, like, front of everybody.
0: I was thinking of, like, when they first get there and, like, the king's, like, nephew gets married or something and they all go watch. All the girls oh, go watch. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We are now on to part two of the book and we start off with Lou's perspective. They signed the marriage cer- certificate, and Reed took her to the tower. She sees a suspicious stairwell, which we will later come back to, and Reed's like, don't even think about it, and she was like, bet. <laughs> um, the entryway to the tower... That they went into at the Triscears was, um, "Thou shall not suffer a witch to live," and Lou finally kind of starts acting scared. And I was like, "Yeah, girl, you should be." Reed basically lived in a tiny box, probably worse than a dorm room. By the way that dorm room, by the way that she describes it. He closes the door and Lou is automatically in defense mode, which like, I don't even blame her. And Reed is just trying to stay clear of her path. And he's like, I'm just taking off my jacket. He's like, I'm not going to force myself on you, Louise. And she corrects him and lists like, my name is Lou. Is it really that offensive? And he's like, yeah, like your entire presence is kind of offensive. Fuck. <laughs> <talk? laughs> I was like, shit, homeboy. Okay. She starts talking about her criminal behavior. And he's like, "Um, as my wife now, you can't be doing that. But also, like, nothing, like, makes me want to cry. Then, like, because, like, I know Reed comes off really strong. But, like, also in that moment, he was like, literally, if anyone ever touches you that way again, I will fucking take a knife to their throat and I'll slash them open. Which I was like, okay, damn. Love that.
0: I do love that. But I have some thoughts about Reed that you're going to have to stick around for the second episode to hear, because I think it's going to be a little bit different than Jada feels. And I
1: don't think she's we're going to fight. I don't <laughs> think she's going to expect it unless she's read my notes. No, I didn't read your notes. Okay. okay oh my God. Um, Lou takes it to like this whole new level and she – um takes the knife out, slashes her wrist and blood sprays on the bed. And it's like, you will not touch me without my consent, which you go girl, but in a very like, Oh my God type of way. Like she was not, it
0: should have been common sense. But at the same time, what she did was super
1: smart. No, for real. It was smart. I was was like, like, how is she going to get out of this? Right. This is where I'm like, yo, Reed is kind of like my actual husband because like Lou will do some psychotic things and then he'll like come after her and be like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) And like this innocent way, which I love. And while Reed is getting rid of their bloody clothes, she like goes through his room, finds some blackmail, which is going to be so much fun to talk about later. But it's um, these love letters between him and Salie uh, or whatever, whatever the fuck her name is. We don't care about her. So Lou's got some leverage. But I will say from this point on in the book, I personally think that Reed and Lou fight like a married couple. And I don't care what anyone says. They are a married couple. <laughs> they are a married couple <laughs> who hasn't known each other for like, But, like, two seconds, but they literally start fighting, like, a legit married couple. Healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Very healthy. So, we finally get into Reed's perspective, and homeboys slept on the floor all night. Zero people slept in the bed, which I thought. I was like, y'all are dumb as fuck. He goes off to the training yard. And first things first, Reed does not like it when someone disrespects his wife, no matter if he's known her for two seconds or two years, because he doesn't even like his own wife. He's just like, don't talk shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm the only one who's allowed to not like her. Which I was like, okay, okay. I like it. And Jean Locke is like, okay. She's like actually a pretty face around here because the Chessers are celibate. There's only one guy who actually got married and he didn't even make it, but like a year or something like that. And Jean-Luc even throws his ex lover in his face, which I thought was like interesting because I was like, okay, I didn't like Jean-Luc, but now I really don't fucking like him because he's like not a friend. Which is sad.
0: uh, You kind of like, you pick up on like, oh yeah, they're best friends. Like they grew up together. And then you're like this friendship Mm -mm. weird and kind of toxic. Like what's going on here? What? There's something that went on here that we don't know.
1: Right. Moving on, the Chassis decide that they need to interrogate Lou still, despite her new wifey status. And he goes to find her, but um, Lou, as expected, is not there. Like, truly, what did he actually expect? She was like, bitch, I just went to go get some honey buns. Like, I don't really know what you expect from me either. And um, he took her down and he begged her to behave, but like legit, like, is she really gonna do that? Like, I think not. She told them literally jack shit and was lying, but she was she did give up some of her enemy names, which is Andrew and Gru and LaBelle as well. I didn't really touch on Andrew and Gru because they'll come up later in the story, but she didn't completely lie. They go back to their room and Reed tells her because um, she left to go get her little honey buns that she cannot do that and Ansel is going to be her new personal warden. This part kind of made me cringe a little bit because Ansel is underage but Lou plays like dirty. Girl is not here to fight clean. She is here to fight dirty at all times. And she was like, okay, well, I could be his first kiss or his first fuck and i was like girl calm down calm (laughs) the fuck down he is
0: 16 (laughs) (laughs) i don't care what time period we're in here (laughs) right but i don't think she expected anyone to think any differently of her either
1: no she was just playing into whatever card that she thought like they perceived in order to protect herself and she even goes, yeah, Reed, don't be a hypocrite and starts reading, which if I was Reed, I would literally want to crawl up in one of the little corners in the room and die reading the love letters that she found and shuts herself in the bathroom. And he storms in and is like, fucking stop. I would Dude die. also has some anger issues. They both have anger issues. <laughs> <laughs> And here's where I also think that me and um, Brooke are going to fight because I think that Reed gives off Hufflepuff energy. Mm, Yes, he does. Okay, here we go. He gives off the biggest Hufflepuff energy to me because he is like, you read my stuff. How could you? Like in this like super like innocent thing. And I don't know. That's just my opinion. I'm interested to see. He is like a Gryffindor rising, but like a Hufflepuff-like part.
0: I used astrology for my justification too, but that's not what I said. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about it later.
1: Interesting. Also, Ansel is a Hufflepuff as well. Okay. I I even put no Gryffindors or Ravenclaws allowed. This is a Hufflepuff times Slytherin book.
0: No, I disagree. (gasps)
1: i disagree <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait okay so he, ansel standing post also i love ansel's character he tries to avoid her and is like bitch shut up but lou starts belting big titty litty which is the theme song of this book essentially normally in books when there is like singing or like any type of like stands up I like legit don't read it like don't come for me I like just don't read it but I decided to read this one and I was like pleasantly surprised because it goes <clears throat> big titty Liddy was not very pretty but her bosom was big as a barn <laughs> and it was like this is where I'm like okay this is a little strange her creamery ew <laughs> her creamery knockers drove men off their rockers but she was blind to their charms. I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> this is esorated." <laughs> I know several points in this book. I was like, "Where, where is this going?" <laughs> yeah, Ansel being the innocent baby Hufflepuff, he is. Is like, okay, bitch, I'll do whatever it takes to get you to stop. So he caved in, and she got a little tour. So the next day, she was like, okay, cut to the bullshit. I know we didn't see the tower yesterday, but we're going to see it today. And Ansel was like, no, but Lou did a hell Mary on his ass and like legit bounced. She sensed magic before she reaches the door and was like, "Hail, yeah, but she was <laughs> met with the Pope. And lo and behold, our girl Coco was there with him, which I was super excited because I was like, is this going to be one of those things where we literally don't see Coco till the second book? Because that's going to be lame as fuck.
0: I know. I was thinking, I was like, where did she go? And like, I was so, I was like, what a friend
1: that she was like, I'm
0: going to put myself back in immediate danger. I'm going to put myself in a fucking church. right? Right? To save my best friend. I was like, okay coco coco's our girl
1: coco's a real one so they give the pope some stupid excuse and they end up like going off into the separate room and coco explains how they basically experiment on these people with magic and attempt to like inject them to see like if it's going to work against the witches which is like super horrible side note we need we meet Bernard. He's like over there, like ching, ching, ching in the background. Poor guy. While they're having their full-blown like reunion. And Coco's like, girl, I'm here to help you escape. But Lou was like, listen, like this might be the best place for me at this time because like my mom is a psychopath and I'm surrounded by people who hate witches. So what better hiding place is there than a church? Exactly. She is low-key. Well, low-key
0: and high-key very smart I think she's low-key because like people don't expect it but she's high-key as like us as the readers who are like can read into her thoughts we're like okay
1: she puts, she on, she a knows front. She yeah. puts on a great front yeah it's on a great front read comes storming in and Lou is loving every second of it like once they get down to the room because the door had been taken down from where like he legit demolished it while she was reading those love letters and she's sitting there nakey, um, in the tub and he is embarrassed and she revels in it, which like it's like these scenes that I'm like, okay, there is some palpable sexual tension that I am here for, but it's like so innocent that I love it. So read unknowingly like, cock blocks himself and lou finds out that bass had been captured and she tries to convince reed to let him see bass which i was like i was kind of like pissed that he was like even showing back up in the book but whatever we need to like make ends meet with this character whatever we got to do so i don't have to see him ever again it's fine um, but he was like, he still needs to confess, and she goes pale and is like, Oh shit, it's about to get real. Like he could expose my ass. He's gonna expose me. So the next day Lou uses her siren voice to manipulate Ansel, and they head off, find Bass, wipes his memories, frees him. And she legit passes out from using that much power, which apparently is like a drop of what she used to could do. She grabbed Ansel and they like went in this like doorway that took them into a library incidentally where Locke and Reed come in and Locke accuses her from day one of being a witch. Reed is even like, I smell magic. But Coco, our girl is like, Hey, um, sorry, you don't know me yet, but you will. Also, she was with me in the tower, um, so she was already around magic. And Louis dumbass, like, dances around the fact that she saw Bass after that, which I was like, girl, you were home free. And then you <laughs> had to go up and be like, yeah, I was there. Like, don't put yourself at the scene of the crime. Like, what even? She kind of does that throughout the
0: story. She kind of hints around... She's like, hey, I'm a witch, but I'm not going to tell you directly. And she kind of makes people guess. She plays. She plays with, like, the danger of it all.
1: Right. So the next day, this was after mass. Lou and Reed are in their room, and Lou is bored out of her fucking mind. She's, like, reading something that, like, is not exciting her in any way. And Reed grabs a book from this little secret spot and hands it to her she gives him shit about it because he's like it's a love story and she teases him and they pass it back and forth but he goes yes there are love scenes in the back and she was like bet i was like okay this is cute also this would be me girl just wanted her smut <laughs> <laughs> we know we what you're here for <laughs> <laughs> Ansel knocks on their door later to alert Reed that Madame LaBelle is here and she wants to speak to Lou directly. And this just got, this got really uncomfy for me because Lou, LaBelle was, kept saying she wanted to speak to her in private and Lou was like, listen, like, I'm just going to leave. But LaBelle grabs her and whispers in her ear something that we as the readers don't even know. And Lou goes wild and they removed LaBelle while Lou was screaming, asking to speak to her, but they wouldn't let her, which I was like, okay, like this is a lot. And this is honestly the point of the book where I was reading and I was like, okay, I'm going to be finishing it. Whether I have to stay up till 5am or whatnot. (laughs) So we find out that LaBelle was sent, was sending a message to Lou And she had whispered to her, like, in her mother's words, I'm coming for you, darling. (sighs) That's where I was like, okay, this really is all starting to make sense. Like, a psychotic mother, like, I would be running to. So, Lou stares in the mirror the next morning after her dreadful sleep and kind of actually begins to tell her story to us finally, because this is where we all kind of start connecting the dots. At 16 when she was in the damn Blanche's or whatever. I say blonde, Blanche. Um, she, they are considered a woman at 16, except her 16th birthday was also going to be her funeral date and she was going to be sacrificed for the good of the coven, which is why she left, which I'm like, good for you, even though nobody else thinks so.
0: This was my thought process for We Were Liars, by the way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, they about to sacrifice her ass. Reed can kind of see that she's distressed and asked her nicely to see a play of the book that she literally had just read the next day, but she's still kind of cold to him and actually regrets it. Once he leaves, she goes a little cray cray and like gets paranoid. And she's like, I was like, is Lou losing it? Like literally, she was like, Searching for a fucking knife to where she could be like protecting herself, so she legit convinces poor little Ansel again to go find Reed, and they end up meeting Jean Locke again. They go back and forth. Locke notes how he feels about Reed during this conversation because he basically calls Reed a teacher's pet. Lou tries to manipulate him and goes along with it. But he goes, you really are a clever little witch. And she flinches, which I was like, shit, you've got to fucking lay low, bitch. (laughs) You've got to lay low. (laughs) (laughs) They depart. Um, She then decides to forget the read idea. She goes over to Coco and she starts actually practicing magic up in that tower which this was really cool like her magic was super unbalanced so she like couldn't use it a lot but I love the way that magic is described in this book don't you agree
0: yeah it's interesting I think it's different it's very it's very limited you know in some books it's like oh they have this unlimited power like you can do it forever and you're never drained or there's never any kind of cost and with this book it's like there's always a price and you can push your limits
1: right so Lou and Reed head to the theater and I think it's so cute because Reed is dressed in his best coat and it's like their first date even though they're married and they have (laughs) matching outfits I was like oh my god like this is cute also, like she's 18 and he's like 20. <laughs> so it's like not cute, but like for their time period and like them just meeting each other, I think it's cute.
0: I think that's kind of old for their time period too. Right.
1: She was like, I should be appalled by all of this. I should think this is cringy, but maybe he isn't so bad. And I was like, Yes, I love enemy still <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here we
1: go. <laughs> Here we go. Start the engines, baby. Here we are. Yeah. So they head to their seats, and some dude hits on Lou. And he was like, I didn't think Chassis were in the business of marrying. And Reed was like, Bitch, step aside. We are switching seats. You are not going to talk to my wifey like that. Like, you are not allowed to hit on her. This chess is in the business of marrying so you can fuck off. <laughs> I thought that was super funny.
0: I just I think th- it's so funny how he continually he has this like, she's mine. I hate her, but she's mine. She is
1: mine. <laughs> <laughs> she is so my sovereign. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I legit felt like I was on a middle school date with them. They were like holding hands and he was drawing circles like on the back of her hand with his thumb. And they were, like, kind of having this little moment. And, like, there was even another, like, are we about to kiss right now moment? <laughs> but Lou notices um, the theater girl that was there when their little incident happened and was like, oh, shit, Hook nose girl. Um, her name is Estelle, and she is a part of my coven. So fuck me, we gotta go. She tried to leave early, but she was outside and Astrell was there too and recognized her. And Astrell basically freaks me the fuck out because she's like, you were the chosen one. <laughs> Reed grabbed her from behind, choked her out till she passed out. And I was like, oh shit, this is about to get real. Lou is feeling guilty as hell. She's immediately thinking witch killer witch killer witch killer like in the back of her mind and i was feeling like the intensity of the story reed however was in his element he is like the ted Be- ted bundy of um the chessers oh shoot <laughs> <laughs> and brought estrella in and manhandled her and put her on the stake i was like wow we are not fucking around in this story Ansel. So, our little helpful puff was trying to comfort her, that sweet soul. But she was like, "I can't look away. It's my fault." And she goes, "They aren't all evil. Some are kind, and some are good." And he responds, "They're wicked." And she says, "Well, aren't we all?" So Reed legit lights her up like a Christmas tree. And Lou and Estelle make this eye contact. Lou takes away her pain and begins screaming and passes out. And the last thing we see at the end of the chapter is Estrella is like relaxing into the flames and passes. Can
0: you imagine being burned alive? Like, I feel like that would have to be one of the worst ways to go.
1: Truly. It is one of the worst ways to go. I would assume she wakes up to reed at the bedside holding her hand and she realizes fully like that he is a witch hunter and she is a witch and they are bound in holy matrimony Lou had been out for three days she is still distraught over what had happened reed was like she deserved it like stop showing concern for this witch and she says what if i were a reed I mean, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what if I were you, Reed? <laughs> um, if es- I were a ginger. <laughs> excuse me. Um, replay. Rewind. I was like, what? A who? A But Lou says, what if I were a witch, Reed? Would that be what I deserve? And he says, Yes. <laughs> oh god oh 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 it's like read baby i was like almost there with liking you please don't fuck it up okay like you're fucking it up right now (laughs) like that coco later finds her and tells her one estrella made her choice two your husband is getting some praise because he killed your (laughs) witch coven bitch And was invited to dine with the king, but he refused because he wanted to stay with you. I was like, okay, cringe, but also, ah, you know, like, I know you apparently don't like Reed, which I'm getting this vibe from you, but I'm not happy about it.
0: I do, but I don't. And I don't don't for a particular reason. And we will talk about it. I I know. We don't. (laughs) I don't. I didn't in the beginning. And then I do... But yeah, we need to talk about it. Okay.
1: Ansel was the voice of reason while Coco and Lou were basically going back and forth. And he was like, Listen, there are some things that can't be changed. Some things have to be seen and they also have to be felt. He was like, I hope that you and Reed can kind of like make your way forward together. He is a good person and so are you, which I was like, Oh my God. Like, I love Ansel. He is the best. And Lou kind of came to this conclusion that if she were to understand Reed, she needs to understand his ideology and basically how he was raised. She goes to the library, which I was like, bitch, you are going too far. (laughs) She gets a Bible. And the arch is there with a sticky bun, which this should have raised some red flags right then and there.
0: I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I was like, what?
1: Why is I, this, in this book? <laughs> I know. I was kind of like this whole scene. I was like, this is a little out of place. Like, I felt like <laughs> I felt like it was just like, it almost got edited out, but it didn't. And I was like, okay. So like, they ha- have this awkward situation where they like hand, he hands her a Bible and was like, you need to keep that shit. And like, said bye. Like, I feel like it was <laughs> a kind of
0: like, this is supposed to be like a red flag as to like what we learn in the end but it's like a similarity in liking the same food like everybody fucking loves sticky buns okay like nobody, <laughs> nobody's <laughs> against the rolls like <laughs> right <the> cinnamon roll <laughs> is the holy food of satan i was gonna say christ <laughs>
1: <right>. <laughs> yes bring on the calories <laughs> All right. And so here comes my favorite part. This is honestly like legit top tier favorite part of the book. Reed comes in and she acts like she's reading the Bible. (laughs) And she confesses that she can't sleep because he's kind of came in late. He came in late from training or something. I don't even fucking remember. And she was like, I can't sleep. The hair on my neck is driving me crazy. And Excuses. excuses and she asked reed to braid her hair and he's hesitant but she says that she will teach him and while he is braiding her hair she finally tries to get to know him of course she asked about his chast life and she didn't get an answer that she liked and he was like you asked hoe <laughs> but it was still like even though that happened, it was still a really, like, tender moment, Tender moment, in my opinion. And she says, I know that I asked. And he leaves her and shuts the door. And that's my part. <laughs> During, the, like, the last few, like,
0: scenes that you mentioned, you can really start to see the flames ignite, which I, you know, we all kind of expect as the readers. But I feel like the characters did not expect it. And I feel like that's the best part. enemies to lovers the slow burn like i'm really i'm really feeling that i I love i I love that trope
1: i'm so into this like she did enemies to lovers in the right way like everything is slow burn like we have this one character that is just like out of her way does whatever the fuck that she wants like but she also has this soft side to her and like The other one is like, comes off with this hard shell exterior, but like there's more to him in the end. I don't know. I'm obsessed with this book. She made the female
0: character kind of promiscuous, very risky, kind of out there.
1: Yes, we live for that. Especially in that time period. I know, right? Uh, She is one of those like unapologetic characters, which I truly appreciate. I agree. All right. That was the end of my part. This is more than likely going to be a two-part episode per usual. So I do want to go ahead and end off to see how drunk we are on our boozy scale of one to 10. Brooke, how are you feeling? I ate like right before this.
0: So I'm a solid, like three out of 10 again.
1: I am definitely a, I would say I'm a three out of 10, And because I have to go to work tomorrow, I'm going to start drinking water. So I'm going to be like a negative 2 out of 10 by the time we actually finish the book. So as always, follow us on our socials. Twitter, TikTok, and Patreon, that's new bitches, is Booked and Boozy and Insta and YouTube is Booked and Boozy Podcast. All right. So get prepared for part 2 and... Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch.